2: in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Got hey! Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got him! He's got going- him!
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to your favorite cricket podcast. Who sleeps in a gully? I'm joined by Glenn today. How are you, Glenn? Good, thanks. How are you? I am really good, really good. Um, so we've had a pretty quiet time of uh, things in terms of you know actual cricket news that's come out. I mean, you know, the IPL's mm. been uh, postponed, and they're still working out what's going on with that. Yep. And it being the middle of winter here in Australia, there's not a lot of cricket going on. And Pakistan and Zimbabwe are playing. A series at the moment, which uh, Pakistan has well in hand. But other than that, it's really, there's not a lot going on. There's some news. There's an article I want to have a talk about uh, before we get into it. But I thought it'd be a great opportunity to go down to the Two Slips in the Gully garage and uh, take the old time machine out for another spin.
2: Yep. Just a short trip this time, I believe.
0: Yeah. I thought it'd be cool to go and have a look at possibly, I think, is it the record? I think
2: it was. was, I I feel like it might have been beaten recently by India.
0: Um, I don't know if they beat it. Did they beat it? Mm. I think they scored more runs, but they ended up drawing the test. Anyways, before we keep waffling on, it's uh, 17 years this year since the West Indies chased down 418 in the fourth innings to beat Australia um, over in the West Indies, which has been, uh, for a very long time, unless it's been recently beaten, the biggest... Fourth innings run chase, successful fourth innings run chase in Test Cricket. I do know that uh, Pakistan got more than that, I believe, in a a run chase that they lost. And I'm pretty sure in uh, South Africa got one against India, which was like 450. Yeah. um, And they were six wickets down. And that ended up being a draw. But 418... Yeah. At the moment that I'm recording this without going and checking my facts, four eighteen was the record for fourth, fourth, fourth innings. innings successful run chases. And it was against yep. Australia at the well not quite the peak of their powers. There are a few important outs for this, yep. for this for this series as we'll go into. But um it was very much in the golden era of Australian crickets. Hmm. I mean they they handed the West Indies quite some comprehensive defeats leading up to this test. So yeah. it was a very good Australian side playing well. And uh, yeah.
2: yeah. Maybe, maybe they were just
0: hustling them. Hustling them. Yeah, yeah. We let them get to a three <laughs> nil advantage and then we'll show them what we're made of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we've got that to have a chat about. Um, and yeah, like I said, I've got an article that I found from, from a, from a former cricketer that's uh, uh, his post cricketing career. I'm, Skeptical of It hasn't been The greatest We've, we've all uh, He was a former selector He's a former coach Fantastic cricketer yeah. But um, Some of his ideas Have sort of left us Scratching our heads Over the past This is the first article That he's written Or he's produced In a very long time That I'm sort of Wholeheartedly agreeing with So I, as soon as I read that today I'm like I'm going to shuffle Some things around We're going to have a chat About this In the podcast tonight So that is coming up Just after this and he's done it. And he's done it in grand style with a boundary. Well done, Glenn McGrath. First ever half-century in test cricket. So, the uh, article I was referring to in our intro has to do with something that uh, Greg Chappell has come about. And, uh, you know, he's a, basically he's settling well into mm. his uh, post-cricketing career of being a crazy old man. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um but like all crazy old men sometimes they say something that is the the, the is, broken is, <laughs> the broken, broken clock, is right, clock effect yeah, uh, right twice a day sort of thing yeah um uh, chapelli senior yep. chapelli no greg was the younger one wasn't he i believe so yeah well this chapelli came out with a an idea to radically overhaul the Aussie summer as it was put out in the press release Um, wanted to rejig the schedule to allow Sheffield Shield cricket to be more prominent and uh, try and uh, get our young cricketers exposed to uh, more international cricket and get them better prepared for transitioning from domestic cricket to international cricket. Yeah, a very good point. Some of his proposals were that, that he wanted to start the Sheffield Shield in sort of August September and run a full 10, 10 matched season. Yeah, all the way through to when the Big Bash would happen in that holiday period. Um, so how long is that? Two two months? Three months? Um, well, if you do it in August, so it usually kicks off in December. say August September October November. Yeah, beginning of December. Um, right. So you've got you've got quite a while there.
2: That's not too bad.
0: Um, obviously there, there's some things that jump out there. Oh, but in August, you can't play cricket because it's too cold. Well, Chipelli has um, said that probably the best idea would be take it to the northern parts of Australia, play them in the Northern Territory, far north Queensland, northern parts of Western Australia, yep. and run them through there for the beginning part. And then as the football season then wraps up, which will usually be October, September, yeah, end October. of September, yeah, yeah, October, right. yeah, yeah. you can then come and finish your season playing at the home venues. Um I think it's great on it If you're getting a, just an uninterrupted Shield season, bang, out of the way, heading into the test summer, then you mm-hmm. can make more, uh, you know, if, if it's finishing, so let's say the Big Bash kicks off somewhere middle of December, we're usually starting our tests summer around about end of November, so you're yeah. looking at that, you're probably getting right towards the end of the Shield season at that point, so you've had such a long, hard look at all these players coming through. Um, The majority of the squad will pick themselves, but for those few places where we're, you know, the other opener, you know, uh, our number five batsman and our third quick are probably the the three things that are sticking out in the mind as ones that aren't completely nailed down. You've got a whole Shield season to go and have a look at these guys, uninterrupted, you know, no one's going off and playing other cricket and all that sort of stuff. You just get them in there, punch it out, smash out the season, and you can have a good, hard look at these players getting ready for your um, international, your, 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 test summer. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah you, I suppose, I mean, the counter argument is you, you are taking it a long way away from uh, like our Southern States to go and play a lot of, um, you know, first class cricket in, in the top end. It's a long way from Melbourne to Darwin. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but what, what you're suggesting is like you'd maybe play your first, what, four games up there?
0: Well, just until you get through to what? So the G will be booked out until um, first weekend yeah. of October. That's the AFL Grand yeah. Final. Um, so, and then places like the SCG and the GABA would be at worst the week before that because that's when your mm. last home semi-finals can be played so if yeah. the lions and the swans etc cetera, make it that far. so that would be the end of so the beginning of october would be the earliest that you could bring I mean bring. a lot of the,
2: a lot of the time they're just playing on Allen border field anyway
0: yeah so um. you could bring them su- you could bring them south to play on you know Dreamon oval and um yeah um north, places like north that
2: north dalton park north dalton park <laughs> um.
0: um places like that but um if you were going to put him in test venues the two that I the, the ones that would be taken up by by well, football would be um, the Gabba, the SCG, and the MCG. Yeah. And that would be – you'd be able to play them from second week of October onwards. Yeah. They'd be fine. So yeah. then you'd still get the back half of the season there. Mm. Um, so you can still play on test venues. Uh, yeah. I mean – uh, up the Stadium I imagine being in a similar boat, but you've also got the Wacker which is unoccupied well, as well. So you yeah. don't even necessarily you could play games at the Wacker. I don't sh- someone might correct me that Perth's weather might not be conducive for cricket in the wintertime. Never been. If Scotty was still here, he might be able to tell us.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, um being, well, uh, could being a Westy at heart. They could play theirs up at Broom. That's that's still within uh WA I, I don't know what their facilities are, are like <laughs> up there but we know that that Darwin must have facilities because we've had top end tours before.
0: Well they they're playing a top end tournament <laughs> through winter for limited overs cricket. That's mm. that, that's going ahead that's a thing that's happening so that, this winter. So So they must
2: have venues. They have venues up there that are usable for test cricket, so they must be usable for first class cricket. Yeah. Um yeah, and I think it's good because you wouldn't see. I mean, they they don't see tests up there very often.
0: And the thing is, too, these cricketers, uh, a lot of them, you know, your your domestic cricketers are professional cricketers. They're paid a state contract. Yeah. You know, have them earning their money twelve yeah. months of the year. Well, not twelve months of the year. They get some time off, but you know, but get in, There's no reason why they can't no. be playing through winter time. So yeah. their their season starts in August and then ends in you know, well, February. Yeah. Bit of an off season and getting there. Like, I, yeah. I think what,
2: what I'm saying is that there's, there would be. Tr- cricket tragics living in Cairns or Townsville
0: or Darwin, yeah, and they get exposed to that, and then yeah. you, you know, especially because all of your international cricketers, in theory, unless there's an overseas tour, so like a, a winter tour to the Ashes, I think they'd be unavailable for that. But there's not a lot of cricket, yeah, we play elsewhere. I don't think right. we don't have we don't go on tours to India during that time. It's usually a bit later on. Um, South Africa and New Zealand, we'd play. Over here, maybe some might be some of your subcontinent ones. They'd squeeze sort of the October ish, mm. but there'd be the early parts of that tournament. Your Steve Smith, your Pat Cummins, you know your Manus Labashanes, mm. all those guys would be available to play at the beginning of the tournament, and exactly. they'd be exposed so to these these places where this they never a, get a chance to watch. This Steve is Smith your chance to life.
2: to watch these guys play live. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think it, it's it's got got legs. It's got a, it's a very good idea.
0: He's then he's following on with that. You then have your BBL season as normal, which runs you know alongside our our Test summer, which is an yeah. ideal. I know there's lots of people that go. Our Test players should be able to come and play in the Big Bash. Well, but I
2: mean we've we've talked about how the BBL is is too long at length before on this this yeah. podcast,
0: and it's also whether we like it or not as t- Test cricket tragics, it will not move. The Big Bash will yeah. be played during the holiday period because mm-hmm. it makes too much money. Yeah. so It's the world that, we live in. That's the end of that argument. As much yeah. as we'd like it to move so we could concentrate more on our long-form game, it will be firmly parked during the school holiday period over December, January. End of story. Moving on.
2: The kids just don't want to watch people block.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then from there, he suggests you play the Marsh One Day Cup Um, either after the Big Bash or maybe between Shield games, before before Shield matches before Christmas. But I I think having a dedicated one day cup afterwards makes sense because you've got the rest of you know the rest of summer and autumn, which can then where there would be no cricket in in a sense because you've got your Shield wrapped up before Mm. Christmas. You'd have your international summer. But the thing is too, we usually play you know what. Test matches until middle of January. Yeah. And then we'll move on to – usually we move on well, to a one-day series. If we're well, playing domestic one days at the same time, we're giving those players mm. sort of a bit of mm. exposure and, to mean, maybe
2: – We've been cramming that tournament into like a fortnight, haven't we? Yeah. Recently. Like I feel like <laughs> they've just been picking one venue and just, just smashing it out and getting it out of And the then way. you
0: can you can actually have it so you have can give it proper run time. Uh, a bit and, of time, yeah. Make, exposure, a bit of
2: final, maybe a TV
0: deal, I around mean, it guys.
2: I, I still like the fifty-over game. I, you know, it, everyone forgets about it now, but I think it's uh, it's a good balance. The fifty-over game still.
0: Um, and the other big thing that he wanted to do during that period was introduce a lot more Australia A games and tours. Yeah, which is um, which is uh, which is. <laughs> for me is the big point of this. Um, I know you were a big fan of the the, the shield of having an uninterrupted run yeah. leading into the test series. But my favourite thing about what this this crazy old man's come out with is more, um, more Australia A games. Now, yeah. the thing with that, we've lost two series in a row at home to India. Um, and yeah. the last one really stings because, well... India were not at full strength, not no. even close, and and they beat us. <laughs> As
2: Michael Vaughan said, he, he got beaten by the, the third eleven.
0: Um, and then there's all sorts of things that other people come out to say to make us feel better, like you know, India's got uh, you know a billion people, so yeah, they're going to have way more depth. So just because that are their first ones out, there's so much talent coming through. Yeah, which is fine. You know, it's not it's wrong, true. but it's such a cop out. And, like, and it, and it we is. would expect we would expect this Australian side at full strength to beat anyone at full strength at home. Mm. There's none of this, oh, but they've got so many people, so that's why it's okay. No, that's yeah, rubbish. But
2: you, you you can't also can't argue that every single one of those one and a half billion people um are in the financial position to to be brought up and end up being yeah, elite it's, sportsmen, it's, it's, it's not. It's, it's
0: not an automatic thing that just because you're from India that you'll that cricket players just pop out of the ground like yeah, they have to be. They have a nurtured and system. developed, and, yeah. and and development's a big thing because since the last time that we beat India in a test series, which was 2014-2015, which is when um, Stephen Smith took over the interim captaincy and scored like four hundreds in a row and made the Indians look just hapless. Yeah. Since that series, India A have played thirty two first class matches as part of an A series. So mm-hmm. they've got and played thirty two A series games that are dedicated first class matches. We have played twelve in that time. Meh. Yeah. So Mohammed Siraj, who came in and everyone's like, He's come from nowhere. He's just done like a decent yeah. job in the IPL and, and look looked, at what he's done. He, didn't he look like a pro, like He's taken seventy wickets at twenty under twenty two in 16 1st class games for India A. Yeah. In South Africa, in England, in New Zealand, in the Caribbean and at home. Yeah. So he's already a well travelled international cricketer. I mean he's mm-hmm. not playing at the standard the at test level. Yeah. But he's playing the next standard down, he's he knows what he's it's not, like to He's Not travel. playing at
2: full stadiums either. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He knows what it's like to travel, he knows what di- like different conditions play like like he's already a, a relatively seasoned veteran like there was no real learning curve at this point. Yeah. He's just coming in the, and it's just another game of
2: cricket. The biggest learning curve he had was uh, dealing with people sledging from the crowd. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um Shubman um, Gill, who's another guy that came in and towed us up, yeah. um has played 800 and, has 870 runs at 88 including two unbeaten double centuries away from India playing for India A. So these guys have already got just such a a grounding in international cricket already. Mm. Whereas the two guys, you're looking at um, Will Pukowski and Cameron Green, who came into the side during the series. Mm. Um, Pukowski's played an under-19, gone on under-19 tour to England. Yep. And I think uh, Cameron Green in 2018 played a handful of games in India as part of the... Um, yeah. Like the national... These wouldn't
2: have even been fully competitive games, you know, like mm. they play these tour games and they're just, you know, they're designed to, I suppose, give everyone a go. Just which
0: get them a run, yeah. some dust off. Yeah. And I think, and that's why I think more Australia A games is fantastic. Yeah. Um, they playing that in there, gets these cricketers that are coming through exposed, go on Australia A tours, take them yeah. to Pakistan, take them to the Sri Lanka, mm. you know, go on tours to England and things like that. Go to, you know, Bangladesh and go to Ireland. I'm sure Ireland yeah. wouldn't mind playing a four-day game against Australia A. They're just happy to be playing some cricket at this point. So yeah. get them exp- – like it all helps out – it develops I mean, our cricketers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very hard to
2: quantify kind of because you look at our – at, at how people like Marcus Harris perform in the shield, and he, he towels it up. He kills it, really. The last three shield seasons, you he's been, say. yeah,
0: he's been at the pointy end for most of and, them. And
2: then he comes up, and you sort of see him at the crease, and it's sort of like, well. You're not shocked when
0: he gets low scores. No. You're looking no, at his technique, like and you can cool. see why he's getting exposed. You
2: know, he, he chases it outside off, which drives Scotty absolutely nuts. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Every time he sees him bat, anyway. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Like you, you guys, like Marcus Harris. Just it just seems like it's a, a massive step from dominating shield cricket, which is our second tier. That's that's where you play, to uh, playing at an international level. So, yeah, I think you've got a. We need a. We need to. to Deal with
0: that. Yeah, and with just having more Australia tour's then gets these players playing more cricket and exposed to more international cricketers. So I think Mm. it's a a great one. Yeah, Uh, I mean, you look at the numbers and it it looks fine.
2: um, It looks like,
0: yeah. Another one that he came up with, which is probably the most controversial thing that he's actually said, and I'm actually okay with this, is that he's provided the the idea there should be some sort of draft system and they implement uh, one or maybe two more teams to the Shield competition. Yeah off players that, uh, you know, sort of stashed. So guys like, you know, people like Victoria in Australia, uh, Victoria, New South Wales and Western Australia that have these, you know, elite talents that aren't quite ready for shield cricket yet. So like your Josh Phillippes, yeah. um, your Darcy Shorts that don't quite get the run in shield that they should. So other than having them stashed away because at some point they will be good enough, but we're not going to let them go and play for another state because then that's, mm. that's good for them and not for us. Um, he wants to uh, to have exposed them and get them playing mm. more cricket. Well, I think yeah, people like Darcy
2: Short probably get touted as, as as short form cricketers early on in the current system. Whereas, and we all did that for Dave Warner. We all sort of thought you know he'll be great in the short form, and then he played Tests and succeeded. So, there's going to be the occasional guy who just looks like a short form cricketer who who just makes the step up. Mm. Just,
0: there's been a few, yeah. Um, and I, there'll be people going, well, how would that work? How do you let teams and – and I think that every year that you have this – most of these players will sign, you know, multiple-year contracts sort of thing. So they're all – you know, Josh Phillippe, we you know, contracted for Western Australia, and he played in their short form, like Mar- the Marsh Cup, but he won't really get much of a run playing yeah. for their Shield side. So people like that, I think what they should do is that they should have – most of these guys have got, what, 30-man squads. Mm. You'd go to each of the states and go, you can pick 15 – in 15 players that are untouchable. So you've got to pick your 15 guys, yeah. and then you go for, if you're going to have one or two, whatever it is, they can pick from the rest of those players for one year. And at the end of that year, they then revert back to, mm. or if, end of that, um, just the Shield competition, they revert back to their home states. So guys like, you know, Josh, if they're looking at that going, well, Josh he probably isn't going to get a run. He's not going to bat in the top order. He's behind Josh Inglis. Mm. Um, so, yeah.
2: So rather than have them be like journeymen as, and just standing around in the
0: wilderness yeah. playing uh, grade cricket, yeah. they might actually get a go in and go and play shield cricket and expose them. And then, yeah, you know, off the back of a really good shield, so like a season for what, you know, like the Cricket Australia 11 we used to have, mm. you, Philippi might then go, well, oh, Philippi actually can play a bit of long yeah. form cricket. I mean, and then you're obviously looking at guys like Sean Marsh for Western Australia who'll probably, you know, not long for stepping aside, and then Philippi's ready to go. He's been exposed to um, first-class cricket and comes and just slots straight into a, a top-order role, for so example. Do you, do
2: you think one team, two teams?
0: Um, well, I think one.
2: And they would work like like the CA-11? Yeah, like the, the old
0: CA-11 that you had, and then those, those players come through into that. They do their year. Yeah. Bob's, you know, everyone's happy. They go back to their states, and then you keep going, and then you can... And it gives those states more, more information as well. So if you've got a guy yeah. that you're sort of looking at, but you can't really get him into the side to see how he'll go at yeah. that that level, mm. and if you get a guy, he gets out there, he's been you know, and he's just awful. And yeah. that state can go, well, you've had a crack at first class level, and you didn't really. Yeah. You now you didn't really take to it, and we've got another young kid that's coming through the ranks too. But we could probably only afford to keep one of you. If you go, well, you've been exposed to that level, and you haven't really done a great job. It might help them f- streamline their talent a level bit. Yeah. Um, so how would
2: how would you stop though, like <laughs> doing the old Australia A picking Paul Rifle as the twelfth man kind of thing? Like. Well,
0: states one state because that's what you say you can protect them, so you can only you're pr- the you know of the players. You might put limits on it, so you can only pick two players per state, so you can't just steal all of New South Wales' yeah. um, unprotected players.
2: Round week 11.
0: Uh. Um, but you, so you just have, of their contracted list, who are available to play um, Sheffield Shell Cricket, they can protect their starting 11 yeah. um, and then <clears throat> three or four more and then from that they go to there and then they're no longer available to that state for that yeah. season. Okay. So then they, you know, and should that come to a point where they need someone else then you've, whatever they've got the domestic level, you've got your grade level that you can then pick from. So yeah. if you've, if you've let your, um, you know, your young batsman has been picked and then you have a run where a bunch of batsmen do hamstring injuries and you won short, then you just go to your, your state's domestic level, your grade level and bring yeah. the next guy through sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, because the thing was, that was something that Chapel was very passionate about in, in the quote. Would, is would there just, be
2: an age limit on the on the CA? I don't think so.
0: No. Just players that uh, aren't. Yeah, you want to make the most competitive side.
2: Because <laughs> as we, we discussed before, off air. Uh, that was one of the problems with with what. Yes, what Greg and funny Chappell enough,
0: it was a Greg Chappell <laughs> thing that he put. There you in. go, segue. It's come full circle. Segue. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're right. Yeah, yeah, Greg Chappell obviously implemented what, that. Um, why are we hanging?
2: Why why are we criticising him so much?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. basically a if you're over 25 and you're not already consistently playing Sheffield Shield cricket, you were thrown to the wolves sort of thing. Yeah. So and that's why. And honestly, I think that what. Chappell's come up with is a really great idea to reinvigorate domestic cricket. Yeah. Which is a good thing because he's largely responsible for why domestic cricket in Australia is no longer the powerhouse it used to be because mm. we stopped that pathway where you just had to go and score a heap of, run- heap of hundreds and take lots and lots of wickets just to get into your shield side. Now it's, yeah. if you're 16, 17 and have a technique that looks, looks good, you just get fast tracked into the side. And you're already at that level, like um, we, we do, example Lockie Hearn um played batted at six for New South Wales in the game that we went to watch in the Shield final. Yeah, because all of those all the New South Wales players are off playing in the IPL. Mm. Um, did a great job. Don't get me wrong, but you're really telling me that a 20, 21 year old, I think he is, yeah. playing for Mossman, who scored one. Sydney Grade Cricket hundred all year was the next best batsman available to New South Wales, or yep. was it the fact that he was twenty one had a good looking technique, yeah. And we gave him a run, and don't get me wrong. I don't want to make this a Lockie Hern bashing because he came in and he more than handled himself at at, at the Ball. game. He looks, yeah. he looked like he he a guy that can can belong there, but it just seems to be this whole unless you're twenty three or under, you have no future. Yeah, play, and then that's wrong, <laughs> sort of thing for for, for New South, for any of the states because don't
2: trust anyone over thirty.
0: <laughs> uh, so that'd be a big push yeah. that to go along with this is you need to encourage the states that don't worry about age, just pick your best eleven. Yeah, and if your kids are good enough to beat your best eleven, then you know mm. that they've got there on merit, and it's not because yeah they're fl- they're, they're, they're flashy and young and they've yeah. been fast tracked in, so you can get fifteen years out of them playing for Victoria. Yeah, you've got them there like. For every for every Ricky Ponting, every Brett Lee, yeah. um, that's come through, there's uh, a Michael Hussey, a Simon Kadic, you know, a Kasparovitch, uh,
2: Adam Voges, a
0: Voges, a Matthew Hayden, yeah, um, guys that have had to go and perfect their craft and become and
2: got their debut
0: late, got their debut in their late twenties or thirties or mid thirties, like yeah. Chris Rogers, is another one you can add to that yeah. list. Guys that have have fine tuned that craft, and you like. Hussey, 30, yeah. 30, 31 when he debuted, had an excellent career for Australia. Yeah, it only hmm. lasted, what, half a dozen years or so. Yeah. Probably a little longer. might be underdoing Hussey's you know, contributions a little bit. Yeah. So it wasn't a 15-year career, but Hussey's yeah. one of the best modern-day batsmen Australia's produced. Yeah.
2: Period. And and if the system that we had in place uh, under Chaplin would have been in his era, we just wouldn't have had him. Yeah, he, he just wouldn't wouldn't have, wouldn't have got to go. He was too old. We would have been, you know, uh, selling cricket bats down at your local
0: sports Yeah, shop. Th- there's way too many players being aged out. Um, yeah. Like, Kadic had to go and have stupidly good seasons to get back into the side, yeah. and then he came yeah. back into the side, was one of our most consistent players yeah. after he came in at the top of the order and opened the batting. Yeah. Um, So it's just, yeah, I think that's a big push as well. I love everything. This
2: over-obsession with with youth, um, possibly. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it works works twofold as well because you don't have to just point to examples of people who've ended up representing Australia for a reasonably, you know, middle-term time. Um, But it's also like, yeah, your young guys are coming up against people and... (laughs) Like, maybe they're older, but they've developed this kind of wiliness in it. And its you've seen it in, in even local cricket. You look at this this old guy, 45 years old or something, he's got no pace left in, in what he's delivering. But he's just been there that many times that he just has a trick up his sleeve or two. Well, you've and, done
0: that <laughs> a little bit as a yeah. batsman to young bowlers. The amount of times yeah. that I've been out there with you where, um, you know, You'll you'll hit a guy for a good shot, and then immediately hook the next ball for a boundary. When I come up and go, give you a fist bump and go nice shot, then you're like, yeah, I knew that one was coming. Yeah. I knew <laughs> as soon as I drove him back down the ground, he was going to bounce me. And yeah, yeah. It's just you you've just got that, yeah. that feeling, that <laughs> comfortability around your game, and you sort of been there at all before. And yeah, yeah, you know, if that had been me, he would have got me out, and then he would have thought, yeah, I just bowl boun- bounces and I'll get wickets, and then yeah, yeah, he doesn't get that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like it how we're making our point and bringing it right down to our <laughs> level of cricket.
0: <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean. Like when you get to that level, the same is true. Like, would you rather be, you know, would you rather be facing Lloyd Pope as a batsman, or would you rather be facing Steve O'Keefe?
2: Yeah, Steve O'Keefe's retired, but
0: yes. But like, I, mean, yeah, I know see, your point. You sort of just go, yeah. we'll go with Lloyd Pope because he's young and exciting, his futures. But he's he's not very good. No. Um, Steve O'Keefe he's is not wily. at the top end, but he's still I know. Know, he's, at the, he's in the twilight of his career. Well, he's and, actually and, retired. And can but. you
2: even pinpoint what Steve O'Keefe did that made him so much better? There's not really that much. <laughs> he varied his speed and he was accurate, but he also just had this kind of like mongrel wiliness to him that that kept him going. And yeah, lots of older bowlers have that.
0: But, but rather than... Uh oh, we can get more out of the tyres on this guy. It should yeah. be there should be more of an emphasis on if you want to be our spinner, you need to be better than this bloke. I don't care that he's thirty four yeah. and that you're twenty one. Yeah. You you take a bag full of wickets playing grade cricket yeah. and get in on form and beat this guy on form, then you're in. But rather than just going, Oh, well, we really want to have a bit of a look at this twenty one year old, he could be awesome. And he gets yeah. in and sort of We'll give him a bit of a run because what's the point of picking him if we drop him straight away? So then he goes and he's mediocre at shield level for a while and it just drags everything down. The batsmen then aren't facing as good a bowling because the old blokes that run the shop are now getting moved down for Mm. the young blokes coming up. Same with batsmen as well. Guys that um, should be there for a while, you know, getting moved. Oh, we want to have a look at this young, he's 23-year-old. He's got a technique that just looks like pontings. He's amazing in... He just looks the goods and yeah. you get him up there and they're getting found out. Yeah. And I'll just, work him out. It just it just waters <laughs> down the competition.
2: Yeah. But I mean like and, and if you're if you're thirty-five, which I am, and uh, you're playing for for I don't know, New South Wales or whatever, by the time you get to my age, you're pretty much accepted that you're probably not going to get a run for Australia. Maybe you might, but you're much more likely to have a guy who's coming through a young guy. Um, who will get in the side and you can, you have the opportunity to mentor that guy. Um, and, and you'll feel like when he get, when he succeeds that you've had a hand in it as well. And like, I think that's a real, uh, motivating factor when you're, The flip
0: side of that is if you immediately get dumped for this young guy that you know that you're better than. Yeah. The fact. But other than the number next to his age is the only yeah, you're, reason. you're, you're like a, you're
2: well, not going to mentor
0: him like, yeah, as much like, as you like to think. Oh, uh, team first, look out for the future and all that. And you look out for like everyone looks out for number one. And exactly. there's going to be in their head a bit of like, no, I, I really don't want to. Like if I'm going to go yeah. back and play for Randwick now, it's because this kid's yeah 23 and, and, and I'm and watch you make
2: mistakes that I've already made. Like you know, like yeah.
0: Because all these older cricketers are living in that generation. It's like, no, I had to work hard to get here. And yeah, then, exactly. So, yeah, so sort of just we're waxing lyrical about things that don't even really apply to us because we're nowhere near that I I level. know. But, um, I
2: know, but, yeah.
0: But um, <laughs> I, I think it's a it's a great move. I love the fact that and I really would be astonished if in the next couple of years we didn't look at something like this. I love the fact we had a whole Shield season in. Cricket Australia gets what they want by having the Big Bash, the Crown Jewel, still prominent during the holidays. Um, we then get the domestic, uh, sort of the, the Marsh Cup, the one day is all blocked in. Nice, happy. Everyone gets a good run at it. Everyone gets to feel comfortable about it. It's not chopping and changing. Um, and then you'll go and run more Australia A tours, so then you're getting more people coming up. A yeah. tours are great for the game. Yeah. In general. Mm. not just for Australia but if you're getting young Bangladesh teams to come out to play Australia A you're helping Bangladesh grow as a nation you're helping mm. us grow as a nation when we go over to Bangladesh you're helping them grow when you go over to Ireland you go over to Sri Lanka you bring you know South Africa you're all helping world cricket grow yeah. and you're getting stuff out of it as well it's a it's a Win-win. scratch my back I'll scratch yours it's great for everybody yeah, you know your then new generation of cricketers come through and they've got international experience, yeah, you know, under their belts already. Which is why India is killing it at the moment because they're running a tours everywhere. Yeah, you know, Siraj has come, like I said, seventy wickets just, at seventy yeah. international wickets before he's played a single test. That's yeah. well, you could just
2: tell in their body language. They they weren't worried. They weren't nervous. Um, maybe it was because I wasn't invested in what they were doing because they're the opposition. But I was quite nervous, I have to say, when I was watching Cameron Green play and and Wilk Pukowski, probably a little bit because I'm like, oh, I really want these guys to go well. But also, I just think they they were probably a little bit more jittery. You're
0: you're right about that, though. Like, you can tell that when you're watching Cameron Green, there might be a little bit of we're more invested in it than were the the Indians, but you could tell by watching it that Cameron Green – didn't look as internationally ready as Shubman Gill, Mohammed Siraj, people like um, that.
2: Washington Sundar, maybe.
0: Like these guys just came in and you wouldn't like Washington Sundar didn't look, look like he'd been playing Test yeah. cricket for years. Yeah, we
2: had this net bowler, you know,
0: Natarajan. <laughs> like he came <laughs> yeah. in and like yeah. he didn't, you know, set the world on fire, but he didn't. He played, didn't get carded he everywhere. Played his
2: part, did his job.
0: Um, yeah. So. I think, this, I think it's a great idea. The more that we can expose our young cricketers to a higher standard of competition, the better Australia will be. Um, yep. But my only tweak to um, the first sane thing that Greg Chappell said in probably a decade right. is that, yeah, you need to push your states to play your best 11. Don't worry about the number next to their age. Just play your yeah. best 11 and let talent look after itself because yeah. you know, Ponting didn't get a leg up to get into Tasmania. He had to go no. and score a heap of hundreds and to get his into the side and that's what's going to help steal these kids yeah. to and be able to come in and play. I mean, it was even it was cricket. even
2: harder for Ricky Ponting because half most of the time you'd be rocking up to the game and your international test players would be playing for their state yeah. as well, which we're not going to get, but we've got to – Get as close.
0: Well, as if we possible. if we go and move the um the Shield season to start in yeah, August we'll September, then in, you'll you'll yeah. get they'll get a fair chunk of them. Yeah. Um. The only times you'll have clashes will probably be for like I said a Winter Ashes tour, mm. and they probably miss um the end of the seasons if they've got to go over and tour in the subcontinent, which is usually. Sort of around that September, October, November sort of time before coming back over here. So yeah. you, you'd get a you get a fair chunk of it most
2: of the time. Yeah,
0: and then on the flip side, we don't really go anywhere. February, maybe South Africa. Yeah, we don't do a lot of stuff, so you can get a lot of those players coming back and playing mm. List A cricket, which is only good for our. One day international sides when you've got these young bowlers having to face Steve Smith, Warner, Cummins, Stark yep. every other day.
2: Just running in, bowling a good length ball to Warner and seeing it disappear going, I don't think I did that much wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> got it! Patrick Slowerball, beautifully bowled. Not a lot of cricket going on. We thought we'd have a trip back to go and find some. So uh, I've just got uh, gone down to the garage I've got it running, it's warming up, everything's ready. Let's mm. go and get the time machine out and take her for another spin. So this time, like we said, we're going to go back to 17 years to the, when Australia took on the West Indies in the West Indies. Yep. Um, 17 years this week is right. what it is. So kind of why we're, I thought we'd go and do that. Within
2: both of our lifetimes, mm. though. I mean, i got to think of, of what I was doing uh, on the – What was it? The thirteenth of May, that it's, or tenth of May,
0: that tenth of May to the thirteenth of May is when
2: the Uh, the game ran to two thousand three. I would have been in year twelve, so doing my studies, Um, not studying that hard yet. I kind of crammed at the end. I was I was um, thirteen. At the time. You were thirteen. Thirteen. It's weird. It's weird. You would have been like in year seven or eight.
0: Watching uh, Evanescence storm its way up the. I know. Charts I was. To, I, to, I thought I'd do
2: that. Yes. To uh, throne. We remember when uh, Evanescence Evanescence made their way through the charts and their hit "Bring Me to Life," from I think it was from the original Daredevil movie, which wasn't great, was it? It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is the context we're talking about. Remember the video. Yeah, Pretty falling out the window. And, I kind of like it. Yeah, and, so do I. And when the test started, uh, the number one song was Rock Your Body by Justin Timberlake. Yeah. When the test finished, Evanescence had overtaken that. So... It was a good time, I reckon.
0: I think Australian Idol was wrapping up its first season around this time as well. Uh, So so
2: the biggest song of the year in 2003 was, the biggest seller was Angels Brought Me Here by Guy Sebastian. So that is the original Idol. That's right. Half of us were... Where Shannon Null arguably got robbed.
0: Yeah, half of us were like, yay, guy, Sebastian. And the other half were like, no way, Shannon Null was robbed. It should have been, what about me?
2: <laughs> I lie, I never watched that show. <laughs> I,
0: think, I, think I, I think I watched that one and then went, this is rubbish. I don't yeah. want to watch this anymore. They're not singing no. any songs I like. And then uh, that was it. That was it yeah. for me. Anyways, yeah. let's fire up the time machine and get back to the wondrous time that was 2003.
2: Don't have a drink yet.
0: Well, I'm, I'm 18, I'm five years away from being able to buy a drink. <laughs> All right. If I show them my ID, I'll, yeah. yeah, it's the same now. Do you think the Do you think the grays might <laughs> might trick them into not asking a thirst? You know, I don't know. Because if they ask me when I go to the, the bar to get some, I'm going to show them my ID and it's going to say that I'm 13. Yeah. And right, I've got to make sure I don't get carded, otherwise I'm stuffed.
2: But, I don't know. Is this one of those situations where you can see your younger self?
0: Well, my younger self never went to Antigua. Yeah, is, right. at, at thirteen, so I don't think I'm going to run into him. Did you? Maybe, maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we are, Antigua <laughs> recreational grounds. Yep. Um, it is the fourth test of the series, which Australia has well in hand. Um, yeah. The
2: so from, War, Warney's Warnie's in his band.
0: Yeah, Warnie's in his ban from band. the diuretic. Um, uh, I mean the the uh, the diet pill, the diet pill that his mum gave him. Yeah, uh, Glenn McGrath has just rejoined the side. Um, unfortunately, his wife had taken a, a poor turn. I yep. believe she had passed away, and he had missed the first two games of the series. Yeah, for that, so he's he, he, he came back in the last test. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were the, running
2: with uh, with Bickle, Bickel, yeah
0: Gillespie. Lee, yeah, young Brett Lee McGrath and McGill Mm. was our uh, bowling lineup for this game. Um, The two powerhouse batsmen of this era um, were going at it Brian Lara and Ricky Ponting. Both had traded phenomenal blows in this series. Ponting ended up being the man of the series despite missing a test and only ended up scoring three less runs than Brian Lara. I think he had three hundreds and a double. Right. leading up to this game so he has been on fire but unfortunately punter is out sick for the last test and replaced by Martin love
2: mm. so one of the one of the few times love got his opportunity after scoring a ton of runs
0: yeah didn't do great <laughs> another guy that probably would have been aged out if uh Greg yeah. Chapel was in charge of going going uh, Field to our, cricket at this point. Back to our
2: early point from <laughs> 17 years in the future.
0: <laughs> going back <laughs> 17 years in the future. Um so uh. yeah so Australia won the toss uh, and elected to bat um like most of the grounds that had been sort of a bit low and a bit slow. Yep. Um but they struggled not a single batsman um Got past 50. Jermaine Lawson for the West Indies took seven wickets in Australia, mm. capitulated for 240.
2: I remember Jermaine Lawson. He was he was a forgotten, underrated cricketer. He was a, a quick, quick little bowler. But, you know, the traditional Indian, uh, West Indian fast bowler uh, was thought of as tall, and he was not tall. No. Uh, yeah, his stat's pretty good, I think, overall you'll find.
0: He didn't have a very long career. Yep. Um so under thirty in yeah. um Yeah, I mean went thirteen what? matches over three years. So he was yeah. a guy that showed a bit of promise, but like
2: I think he constantly all, got injured.
0: Yeah, and all things it was just a bit tumultuous that time for the West Indies. It they was. they were they were struggling. Hmm.
2: I think in a in a couple of years as well they uh have that contract dispute and they have to send a second eleven to Bangladesh, I think that's that's when that happened.
0: <laughs> yes, anyway. yes, I believe so. So, for this particular game, so um, Australia's bundled out for 240, which is a great start for the West Indies, considering the glut of runs that the Aussies. We're yeah. on. Um, now, we've picked four quicks and a spinner, though. Yeah, so... Um, That's a weird, weird structure. Gilchrist batted at six, Bickle at seven, Lee, Gillespie, McGill, and McGrath.
2: Oh, well, Bickle always insisted that he was an all-rounder.
0: <laughs> well, he did a pretty good job. He scored 34. He was our... Um, yeah. Third or fourth-highest scorer, so he did a good job. Yeah. Um, they didn't reply. We also got the West Indies out for 240. So Exactly even Stevens, 240.
2: 240. Yeah. Um. So at, at that point, the game is in the balance,
0: yeah. you would think. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Brian Lara stood up. He was the top scorer in that innings. He got 68. Uh, Chris Gale was going around. He got a duck in that one. Yeah, would have been a young Chris Gale, I think. Mm. Yep. Um, so it's been a very quick game as well. We only faced 72 overs, and um, mm-hmm. the uh, West Indies only faced 65 overs. So the game has gone along a bit, at a frantic knot. Uh, McGrath, Bickle, and Lee all got three wickets, um, and McGill only bowled a paltry. Fifteen balls to get his solo yeah. wicket for Cleaned the Cleaned up the tail. Cleaned up the tail. <laughs> Easy day at the
2: office for Stewie McGill.
0: And then it looked like things were turning around for Australia. Um, Langer and Hayden put on two hundred and forty-two for the first wicket, both of them scoring hundreds. Um, mm-hmm. Hayden going on to score one hundred and seventy-seven mm. off two hundred and sixty balls, so he was going well. Yeah. Um, and then it looked like we were sort of batting a bit for a declaration. We lost a few wickets. Um, mm. We lost a lot. We got bowled out. So, but we we're all sort of going. For it ended yeah. up setting a total of four hundred and seventeen, which we would have been confident. Oh yeah, With, I mean, we especially were, after getting the West Indies out for two forty, you would have thought four hundred and seventeen would
2: it, yeah. be. It goes to show you, you should never throw wickets away. I, I know that they promoted. I, I was looking earlier, and I know they promoted Adam Gilchrist up to number three, for looking for quick runs. I assume. And, yes, and he was. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: he got out for six, so
2: that worked well. And Martin Love uh, had to giveaway his number 3 position and didn't do, do so well in the
0: second inning. So he got 2 in the second innings and then I think he only got a he got 36. So it was, you know, wasn't bad yeah. for for Love. He Got yeah. stuck in. So not a horrible test overall, but of course yeah. you got Ricky Ponting coming back, so he was never no. never retaining his spot in the side.
2: We still got we got Lehman in the side. We've got is Damian Martin still in there?
0: Uh no, Damian Martin wasn't playing in this in this okay. particular series. Right. Uh, yeah. Lehman and Steve Waugh made up ah, the rest okay. of the- Steve
2: is still the captain at yes. this point. Yeah. Okay.
0: It was his last overseas tour, actually. So oh, okay. I'm pretty sure he retires at the end of the- So that we'll come home for this yes. summer coming up and then yep. he'll retire. And his,
2: his famous 100.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ash's 100.
2: Against, against against England. Yeah. Oh, that's that hasn't happened yet. But we don't know about that
0: yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um and then yes yeah, so the things got off pretty well for the Aussies we had uh, the West Indies reeling at 3 for 74 Gale was gone. Devin Smith was gone. Darren Ganger was gone. Yeah. Um, uh, let me guess. Four for one. happened. Four for one sixty-five, and we got Brian Lara out. So he made sixty. Mcgill right. bowled him. Yeah. Then it was ramnuash Sawan and Shivnarine Chanderpaul both yeah. um, scoring twin hundreds. Yeah. And and someone did it at a strike rate of seventy-five, and Chanderpaul did it at a strike rate of sixty-eight. So they yeah. took it to the Aussies. Absolutely yeah. took
2: it to them. Mm, it was a very aggressive partnership of, of what I've seen. Um and I think it, it did the the speed at which they scored their runs did cause some panic within the uh within the ranks. Um we all know about the famous
0: Well Stuart McGill bowled thirty six overs. Yeah, one for a hundred and forty nine, going at four runs and over. So they yeah. really took to Stewie McGill. Yep. Um, Brett Lee was the guy that was giving us hope. 23 overs, 4 for 64.
2: Yeah, I was looking at the scorecard. I was wondering why Lee didn't bowl many more overs.
0: McGrath and Gillespie... Both had ten maiden overs, so the quicks yeah. were were stifling the runs, and then they were just cashing in yeah. on
2: Stewie McGill. I think even Steve War had a trundle in he the end, in a bit he, of desperation.
0: He, he, he went for five and over though, so <laughs> yeah. um Bickle didn't have a great game he only his fifteen overs, no wickets for forty nine in that second inning.' Oh, not a lot of
2: swing around
0: there at that point I would um have but we chipped we got those guys out, and we were still probably thinking when we got um. Uh, Shivnarayan Chandopal out. They're seven for 372. So we've got three wickets to get, and they've still got another, yep. what, 50 runs? You're thinking, oh, we finally got through there and we got the wicket keeper out. We're down to the bowlers. Yeah. Omari Banks and Vasbert Drakes. How, household names. Household names. I bet you've <laughs> never heard of them before. <laughs> yeah. Um, Forty-seven not out and twenty-seven not out, respectively, yeah. um, off uh, one hundred and fourteen balls and forty-seven balls. So sure. they hung around a while, and they steered the West Indies home for a mm. uh, 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 a face-saving and memorable, yeah, fourth innings run chase, which yeah. um, as which is was the the measuring stick for which all fourth innings run chases mm. were going up against. So yeah, yep, and
2: uh, yeah, bit bit embarrassing for the Aussies because at that time, they weren't used to being beaten at all. I mean, I know they've won the series already. It's 3-1 with having lost that one. But the Aussies just weren't used to being beaten at all. They were used to sweeping series, um, maybe losing the occasional one in the subcontinent, but that's about it. They just did not lose anywhere else.
0: And the fact that, yeah, like... It the West Indies, you'd say, didn't really have a strong side at this point. No. This was, you know, well and truly past the glory days of the yeah. of the 90s when you had, um, you know, Walsh and Ambrose and those guys still running. That's well a, and truly gone. we have got a
2: world-class middle order, maybe you would say, with Lara, Sarwin and uh, Shandipal.
0: But other than that... A lot of gaps. Chris Gale went on to become a, um, you know, a respectable... Yeah well respect was probably not giving enough justice the guy has two trip test triple centuries Are you a, yeah. a good a test good, opener good test
2: opener you wouldn't call you wouldn't put him in any test world sides but he well and truly makes his makes yeah. his spot
0: makes his spot there if he actually wanted we it we sort of um we sort <laughs> of remember the, the the Chris Gale of the last sort of 10 years or so where he's very much been a a one day juggernaut but you know this is a guy that scored yeah. Um, where he scored against South Africa, I believe, was one of his triple centuries. So, yeah, this is a guy that's yeah. um is a very talented batsman, not quite at that level just yet. So, um, there's mm-hmm. the makings of a side there, but um, yeah, the, the side was yeah. in shambles I, when you consider what if Brian Lara didn't go well, that team usually fell in a heap.
2: Yeah, yeah, none of the marquee fast bowlers—they're well and truly retired by now. Um. These guys were honest, but not amazing. <laughs> not Curtly Ambrose. <laughs> so. Yeah, so
0: it's a very, it's a very big fall from grace from what the West Indies are used to, and um, mm. so it would have been a good pick me up to to own the biggest fourth innings run chase, and to be fair, one that Brian Lara didn't really have a massive hand in. Mm. Like yeah. the, he's won games for against Australia. He's won games as well in the fourth innings, but um, yeah. the, the 418 was, I, he got a 60 odd, but it was two other guys that really took it to. Yeah. I always think the pe- people do underrate
2: Chandipal and his contribution. Oh yeah. He's a, he's
0: a middle order batsman that averaged 50 for yeah. his career.
2: And unfortunately Ramnaresh Sawan ended up being another one of those stories where it looked like he was going to be a, a great player. And, to be honest, he's he's one of the better ones in this category, but his career really fell away late. He was he was doing good things early on and um, averaging, I think, above forty. But I th- I think you'll find that he, just
0: just above forty. Oh, he
2: he ended his career still above forty. Forty. Oh, okay.
0: On forty. <laughs> okay. Well, that's
2: that's still pretty good, but yeah, he did fall away late in his career, unfortunately, because um, he could have been. Someone who carried the West Indies a little longer.
0: Yeah, like so. There's there's a bit of quality around, but I think you're, you you hit the nail on the head. There's um their their bowling ranks the ones that um probably let them down. So yeah, you know, Mervyn Dillon, Jermaine Lawson, Vasbert Drakes, and Omari Banks was yeah. their bowling lineup. And when you go through the the lore of West Indian bowling, you hmm. You're you don't really you don't really come up with those guys they the also ran <laughs> the you know Mervyn Dillon probably had the longest career in uh, 97 to 2005 yeah out of those guys um but you know, the you wouldn't say there's any genuine match winners no with the ball and i think that's where it came down to they just weren't yeah. they couldn't win games with the ball apparently
2: there are match winners with the bat though
0: no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Definitely, yeah. some definite match winners with the bat. Um, so yeah, so that was a, that became a, a real thorn in the Australians' paw for a long time. But we, yeah. especially because every time there was ever a run chase, um, you know, we had to sit there and watch. These are the most successful run chases <laughs> yeah. in Test cricket. And it's a horrible
2: all, feeling. And when at it the just
0: top came. of that list was West Indies' opponent, Australia. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's probably in the '70s, 2003. Damn it, that's got Warren <laughs> got McGrath war. there's and there's no excuses. There's no excuses. No,
2: oh, you got yeah, we got hoodwinked. <laughs> so we got hustled. I we swear. got hustled. Yeah, they were just they hustling. played the long game.
0: They, yeah, they yeah. yeah, they spotted us three games, so we'd yeah. uh, let yeah. it slip in the fourth. Mm. So it's an expensive way to play Test cricket. But uh, <laughs> who really are the winners on the day? <laughs> The record yeah. books will say Australia won the series three one, but they'll yeah. know. They'll yeah, know. Exactly.
2: It's it's Drederic Tatum versus Homer Simpson in the boxing ring.
0: <laughs> I don't think it was quite that mismatched We but, almost
2: uh, we almost made it one one episode without a Simpsons reference. There we go.
0: <laughs> well, like I always say, there's a Simpsons reference for every moment conceivable in life. So yep. it makes sense that we the, can cram a few in. There it is. So yeah, so that's uh that's <laughs> our Trip back in time, having a look at that. So again, it's another one where we come off the wrong side of the ledger. We need to go and do more trips back where we win.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of fun to you know go back and look at the great failures of our uh, cricketing <laughs> cricketing nation.
0: Well, someone's <laughs> failure is another person's success. So That's look right. at it that way. Yeah, it's a world game. Yep. Need to share the love. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that'll probably do us. we better get this baby back into the garage. It's probably due for a service. It's been collecting yeah. dust for a little while. It's been a while since we've taken the time machine out. we got to do it more often. Where do you often? go get a time machine serviced? Uh, I don't know. Probably go forward in time. Is and, it a mechanic like, or a doctor that looks after time machines? Um. Well, it
2: depends on which movie's law you want to base it on, um, but... Uh, just knowing you, I'd I'd probably take it to a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yes. All right, that'll do us for this episode. We're hoping that Captain Gary will eventually get back on deck. Yeah, he's yeah, uh, he's missed a, a few. We'll, have to well, we'll get him. Have to have a chat to him. We'll kidnap him. Might have to send him back down right. to the uh, back to to grade podcasts and get some back up to the big leagues.
2: Well, Stuart McGillim. I shouldn't say that
0: Uh, is it too soon it might be a little too soon yeah yeah maybe Um, thanks very much for listening Um, like always come in and have a chat to us on our social media pages we love interacting with uh, with people there Um, you know did anyone anyone watch this game in 2003 haven't got any memories of watching the West Indies go and 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 slay Goliath which was akin to what this is going to be like where were you where Where? were you when this happened (laughs) Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on how the makeup of the Australian summer should look like? You know, Ciapelli's come out with this one nugget of an idea, which is, you know, probably 30 years in the making. What are you guys at home? What are you thinking? How would you reinvigorate the Australian, the Australian summer to get the best out of our domestic cricketers and and Mm. really unlock the potential of our, of our young cricketers?
2: It's a good question. I definitely think that there needs to be a change.
0: Yeah, and Chapelli in that article, Chapelli actually says... as far said, as I want to go. Chapelli yeah. actually says it itself. He says, if we started a domestic cricket competition now, we wouldn't run it this way. So yeah. we're just doing it because it's the way it's always been done. So when it's coming from a guy who's just as unhinged as Chapelli has been sometimes, mm. um, you know that there's something wrong. Yeah. So um, hopefully um, we don't need a home ashes defeat for people to stand up and go... Something's broken in the system and we need to fix it. So, you know, maybe get some ideas out there. We'll get, we'll send them along to gorgeous George Bailey, the selectors, and Justin Langer. And this, uh, this regional cricket podcast has got some really great ideas about how to fix up the domestic system. You should give it a listen. So, chuck them in and we'll, we'll pass it on to the the proper authorities. Until next time, we'll uh, let you go and uh, bye for now. Goodbye. Over.